It's an honor to stand today and minister his glorious gospel. There is nothing like Jesus Christ. I've passed the time of wanting just to minister for minister's sake, ministry's sake. Do you understand that statement? I want to make sure that when I stand and speak to people, that lives are changed, that hearts are mended, that people get the creative thoughts that they need to make it in this life, and their destiny is steadfast. They know that they're going to end up in the purpose and plan of God. I used to sing a song, it may not come when you want it, but it'll come on time. And it will come on time. The problem we've had heretofore is we have leaned to our own understanding, to our own wisdom, and that's not gotten us where we think we should be. We think that we can promote the joy. We, we bring forth the joy. We bring forth the happiness. We bring forth all those things that God has provided for us. <clears throat> we think it's us, Valerie. And it's not us, it's God. God brings forth all good gifts. And on this day, this is a special day in that we call it Palm Sunday. And when I was a little boy, about five years ago, I remember going to church and all the people in the church would have palm leaves. Palm branches, and they'd be waving them. I'm thinking, what in the world are they doing? <clears throat> and I think we miss the essence of what Palm Sunday is all about. It's not about palm branches. As much as I've ministered on it, and I can tell you about what it stands for, what it meant, that's the way they used to herald conquering heroes into their town was with palm branches. But I think we've missed the true meaning of what Jesus did and what he's doing for you. And ma'am, I want to say this. God's just inspiring. I don't know, Marshall, what's your mom's name? Dixie? I'm sorry, Dixie. I could ask you that question. I just asked Marshall. Dixie, as I'm ministering, God's touching you. I sense it. God is touching you. That's right. Touch your hand. We're going to pray, but God is touching you as I speak. You're going to leave here today saying, my God, I'm glad, Marcia, you brought me, to, brought me to church today. Isn't that right, Vincent? You want to shake my hand? Come on up here. We'll get that done right now. I'm not much to shake, but I'll shake. Come on up here, Dixie. You're looking good, Dixie. How old are you? About 35? You're about 30. I, thought, I love a woman that tells the truth. Come here. Hmm. Hey, bring me a little oil, Kenny or Mike, whoever. Yeah, Kenny, do it. I want you to work today. Mike usually does it. And I got a cough for you here, too. We're going to put that in your hand, too. You, do you mind me saying what you've got? She's got cancer in both breasts. And I believe God 
can and will touch my dear sister. And as I speak today, I speak healing. I speak power. What did I say to you earlier today? If you got out of bed today and you could breathe and you were happy, you should have been rejoicing in the Lord, not complaining. Father, right now, as I stand with our family, our church family, which is our family. Lord, Dixie came out today with her daughter. And Lord, I still believe in miracles. I still believe in what this Sunday dictates or indicates. And Father, I believe that right now you're going to enter into Dixie. You're touching her, Lord, from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. I rebuke the power of the enemy. I rebuke sickness and disease. I call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and that precious blood he spilt on the cross of Calvary. Lord, touch her now. Let your Holy Ghost touch Dixie. Let there be a quick resolve. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And they all said, in Jesus' name. It shall come to pass. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You feel God? See, when I put my hand right here on your chest, I said to somebody else today, cancer can't live where my hand is. I believe that with all my heart. You do, don't you, Dix? You do feel it? Well, it's coming in. It's moving. As I started talking a moment ago, the Lord was touching you. I feel it in your hands. You feel it in my hands? Well, it's there. Well. Of this hand. Yes. In Jesus' name. Say, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. It is done. Thank you for healing me, God. Thank you for healing me, God. And I'm going to rejoice all day long. I'm going to rejoice all day long. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know what? No matter what happens, God's in the process. Hallelujah. I believe that. God will help you in the medication. Well, no matter what it is, God's going to help you. I know that. So you just keep rejoicing and get happy. Thank you, Marsha, for bringing your mom today. It's her birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Dixie. Happy birthday to you. I give you that present in Jesus' name. It's done. I love you. Help her back there. Amen. Oh, your cloth's down there. Pick that up for her, brother. She don't want to lose that. That's her prayer cloth. Hallelujah. That was a good birthday present. Whew. A lot of people are having some needs here today. Scott, stand up and say, I'm healed. Say it again. Again. And say, this week, I'm going to get a good report. Because God is in control. There you go. Say, I've already prayed. Say, I've already prayed. And he's already answered. In Jesus' name. Say, Amen. Where was I? So, you don't want a pastor that doesn't feel the, the needs of the people, do you? 
I just, I have to be honest and, and do what God tells me to do. But I'd see them waving their palms and I realized they've missed the essence of what Jesus was all about. I want to read something to you, Matthew 16, verse 13, and, and this, I don't think they had this today, but this is something the Lord inspired me early this morning, Matthew 16, verse 13. When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Jesus asked, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Who do you think that I am? And they said, some say that you're John the Baptist, some Elijah or Elisha, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But then he said to them, but who do you say that I am? What is this all about as we move forward in this Palm service, Palm Sunday service? Jesus was concerned, and I may touch on this next week again. This is an important point. Jesus was touching, Randy, their perception. He was reaching into what they perceived. Because Jesus understood that what they perceived was real. Let me explain that. When I talk about perception, it means what is and, and as I said, perception is important because, and by definition, it's interpret, it's what you interpret or look on someone or something in a particular way or regard as. It's what you see or interpret. It doesn't have to be real. Boy, it got quiet. It doesn't, Vincent, it doesn't have to be real. If you perceive it, it becomes reality to you. That's why Jesus said, who do men say that I am? Because whatever they perceive is who it is. I don't want to get in a total different message here, but Jesus went into places and could not do their many mighty works. Read it for yourself. Why? Their perception was he was the carpenter's son. You know I'm telling you the truth. They perceived him as the carpenter's son. It's like you perceive me as O'Allen. You don't need to perceive me as O'Allen. Either I am the voice and the oracle of God for you or I'm not. That's important. You say, well, is it important for you? It doesn't matter to me. It matters to him. See, I don't think about myself. I think about what he thinks. So perception is incredible. Jesus wanted to know what is, what do you think? What is your perception? Let me carry on with this. So on the next day, John 12, verse 12, it says on the next day, much people that were come to the feast, it was the time of feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna. Blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And Jesus went, Jesus, when he had found a young ass, set thereon as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh sitting on the ass's colt. These things understood not his disciples. They didn't perceive what was about to happen. 
understood not his disciples at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written of him and that they had done these things unto him. The Old Testament in Zechariah 9, 9 says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass or a donkey, and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. Now, understand what happened. On that day, we call Palm Sunday, where I said the palms had little, to, no significance in the mind of Jesus Christ, nor in the mind of God. Because you see, the people were moving out of their perception. Most people that come to church in 2022 are coming and worshiping out of their perception. They're not worshiping out of the spirit. They're not listening to the spirit. They're moving because of what they perceive. How can I explain this? If you went to certain churches back years ago, you thought church was if somebody got up and shouted. Somebody danced before the Lord. Am I right? Brother Perez, you know I'm telling you the truth, especially in the African-American community. Am I telling the truth? If somebody danced and shouted and, and ran across the stage, that was a perception and people started to see that and they perceived that was God, that was church. Whether or not it was, that's what they perceived. Am I right? Same thing with the Baptists, the Methodists, the Episcopalian. All those people perceived it. That was God. But how many people know your perception can be incorrect? Some have perceived, cat. we don't need the house of God. On this Palm Sunday, we really don't need God. I've heard people say that. What do I need God for? I'm going to tell you their perception is wrong. You need God as much as you need breath in your body. I thank God just for letting my heart beat. Thank you, God, for another beat on this Palm Sunday. So understand the perception. The people had a perception now watch this, the people of that day waving the palm branches, Pastor Kenny, they had a perception which became their reality and then they acted upon their perceived knowledge. But, everybody say but, their knowledge was limited and skewed for they didn't perceive who Jesus really was. Did you catch that? It was limited and skewed by their perception. So here comes a man riding in on a donkey, and they're saying, he's the king. This is the king, their perception. And because of their perception, something was about to happen. This is Palm Sunday, the Sunday before Easter, the, sun, the Sunday that leads right up. It is the week of passion where Jesus went through terrible things. And we'll talk about Good Friday. We have a service this Friday. Good Friday. What time is that start now? Five o'clock? Seven? Sorry. Seven o'clock. Good Friday. Get here at five and we'll just look at you. Seven o'clock. Good Friday. That's where this is about Jesus now. 
This is the sixth and last Sunday of Lent and the beginning of Holy Week. This is the beginning of Holy Week. And it's a Sunday of high regard and highest rank. This was a day to remember. But the day before Jesus entered the holy city was just like any other day. People perceived that something was going to happen that was not in the plan of God. People were buying things before Jesus came into town. People were selling things. People were acting the same old way and cursing the same way they were cursing, treating people the way they were treating them. Romans were being Romans. Pharisees and scribes were being Pharisees and scribes. Everybody was acting the same old way. People that were working out in the fields were working out in the fields and planting their harvest. You see, that day was all the same before something happened. Jesus was making a statement. I know who I am, and I am fulfilling prophecy. I am fulfilling prophecy. I'm not fulfilling your perception. Are you catching this? Because you think God's going to answer because of what you perceive. He answers on what you truly believe. They cried, Hosanna. They're crying Hosanna in their perception, saying, save us now, save us now, save us now. But Jesus had a long-term plan. He had a long-lasting plan. He had an everlasting plan. He didn't have a temporary plan. He had an eternal plan. He wasn't just going to save now. He was going to save anyhow, anywhere, anywho, excuse the semantics. That means you. Cat, that means you. God loves you. But they're there saying, save now. We pray, please save us. Mankind, and that, even that day, they desired to be free, didn't they? That was their perception. He was going to set them free. But note, man desires to be free here on earth. Why? So that he can move about and do whatever he pleases on earth. He thinks little, if anything, about being free from the bondages of earth. Why? Because he loves this earth. And he wants all of it. Did you know if you have a billion dollars in the bank and you die tomorrow, do you know that billion is meaningless? I had a man call me yesterday. He said, I just wanted to call you. Uh, So-and-so died, and, and I want to give you all of his stuff. And I said, uh, I don't want it. I'm sorry. He said, well, I'm a multimillionaire, and I don't need this. I said, well, it's cool. But I, I don't need that, nor do I want that stuff. I, I was in business with a guy years ago, and this guy wanted to give I didn't want it. But when he died... People in the family were making, getting, some people getting this hundreds of thousands, 500,000, this, that. None, none was given to the church. So all the things that he had when he died, and he was younger than me, it's meaningless. What he thought he had, 
He didn't have because it was temporary, Floyd. Temporary. I'm sorry if I got off base there, but it's just, it's truth. So man thinks little about because all we want is what we want, Sandra. What do we want? Bigger jobs, better jobs, more prestige. That's our perception of real life. But my perception of real life is being able to get up in the morning and hear God say, this is your day. Now, I'm not, I'm not putting down your positions or, or reaching out for, for blessings or for prosperity. That's not what I'm saying. My goal is to hear him. And if I hear him, he's going to guide me into all prosperity and peace. So man thinks a little bit about what's held in bondage. And he also thinks little about sin and death on this Palm Sunday. He thinks little of being set free from the powers of this earth, of this world, and its possessions so that he can live eternally. See, it's there again. It's that perception. Amen. The people of that day perceived that it was going to be a, well, let me go on with this. Mankind thinks very little of his spiritual freedom. And this was the case on Palm Sunday several thousand years ago. They weren't thinking. They were thinking about what they perceived and what they wanted, not what God wanted or was going to accomplish. So I ask you this question, which is the title of this sermon, really. You can call it whatever you want to, but it's, who is this man? Who is this man coming in on the back of this donkey? That's a question. That's a real question. Who is he? Well, I know who he was. I, I, you taught me that in Sunday school. You've got to go beyond Sunday school. You need a relationship with the man on the back of that donkey. Because that man is not just the king of Israel. He's the king of all things. He's the king of glory. And waving a palm tree, a palm branch is meaningless. Some churches are doing that today, waving palm branches. It's meaningless. He said, boy, you're not going to be popular. I never was popular. Dixie, I've never been popular until people needed healing. <clears throat> the truth of the matter is, I still believe God can do certain things. But it's going to come, Sonia, not because I wave a palm branch. I'll get into that in a moment. But see, what we perceive is wrong. Who is this man they call the king of Israel? The people perceived Jesus as a political leader. Someone that would take them out of the throngs or out of the grip of Rome. And they wanted a temporary fix to an eternal problem. But it didn't work that way. You've got to get the fix to the eternal problem before the temporary can be fixed. It's like putting a band-aid on cancer. You can't put a band-aid on cancer. You've got to eradicate cancer. It has to be gone. Jesus even said, because of their perception, Randy, this is good stuff, whether you like it or not, because of their perception of what they perceive, totally different than what I ministered online. Matthew 23, verse 37, same verses, but different impact, thrust. In the New Living Translation, Jesus said, O Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, 
he realized they were perceiving something that was wrong. The city that kills the prophets. You don't even listen to them. How many people know that people are still killing the voice of God? They don't want to hear the voice. They don't want to hear it, Dixie. They don't want to hear it, Denise. They don't want to hear it. Oh, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers. How often, Jesus said, how often would I have gathered you, your children together as a hen protects your chicks beneath their wings, but you wouldn't let me. You wouldn't let me. I just wonder how many here at the East West Church, how many times he's reached out and we wouldn't let him. We just wouldn't let him. How many times have I stood behind pulpits and begged people and literally said, please today, but get it right. And then leave that church service and leave. And, and, and that was the last time I ever saw them alive. That's a true story. Those are true stories. That's happened multiple times in my ministry. When I stop and turn to somebody and say, this is something very important. You have to understand it's not Alan talking. I didn't make it up, Val. It's what God said. You say, can God really do that? See, your perception is, if I'm speaking, thus saith the Lord, either we accept it as what God is saying or we accept it as just Alan. Now, let me say this. There was a man in the Bible named Balaam, and I'm not going to preach that story right now, but he, had, he was riding a donkey. The Bible calls him an ass. And sometimes God has to use some asses. I've got a message I want to preach to y'all again. You probably won't remember it, but it was, it was titled, You Got to Get Off Your Ass. Does that offend anybody? It's all in the Bible. I don't preach anything outside the Bible. Where was I at? So Balaam, he's going to go in and curse a town. Now, I've got a whole message on this in my mind right now I can preach. He goes, he's going to curse a town to show you the power of a prophet. He had the power to curse a town, a city, a nation. And God said, you're not going to do that. I'm not going to let you curse it. And so the, the donkey he's riding on, the Bible calls it an ass, spoke to him. <laughs> he said, you, if you do this, you, you, you're going to get killed. Now, how many people know that sometimes you got to listen to your ass? See, y'all should have, see how you'd have missed this if you hadn't come out today. Because I wouldn't put this online. Some people say, I'll just listen to you online. Well, you're only listening to part of the sermon. Excuse me, son, I'm going to get something to drink. <laughs> see, there you go again, your perception. When you say, I'm going to get something to drink, what do you perceive? Tell the truth, Randy. Uh-huh. Yeah. See, perception's important. But he says, I would gather you under my wings, but you would not. That is so powerful, Ariel. You would not. Not me. <coughs> I would. You would not. I would. You would not. I would heal you. You would not. 
I would save you, you would not. I would bless you, you would not. I will prosper you, you will not. God. And then he says in verse uh, 38, now look, you wouldn't do it, now look. Your house is abandoned and desolate. For I tell you this, you will never see me again. You will not see me again until you say blessing on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And in 70 AD, Jerusalem was ransacked and not one stone was left on another. But I want you to look at my Savior right now on this Palm Sunday. And and as I said, we've got to answer some questions. So get ready to answer it. Luke 23, 27, and Jesus was being led away to be crucified. This is not in the Bible. This is my statement. He was being led away to be crucified. He said, and there followed him a great company of people and women, which also bewailed and lamented him. This will be part probably of my sermon next week. But Jesus turning unto them, this is what I want you to hear. Jesus turns to them and says, daughters of Jerusalem, your perception is wrong. you perceive this incorrectly. Watch what he says. Daughters of Jerusalem, don't you weep for me. Don't cry for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming in the which they shall say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bear and the paps which never gave suck. Then shall they begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us and to the hills cover us. For if they do these things in the green tree, what shall be done in the dry? Do you understand what he's talking about here? He was talking about where people have missed it. He was talking about the day that Jerusalem was going to be destroyed in 70 AD, which was just a few years away. 40-something years away. The people never quite saw who Jesus or understood the coming of Jesus or who he really was that day he entered the city. He came into the city. They just didn't see. And I wonder today, if he walked through the door back there in the back, would we see him for who he is? I hear people say, I wished I'd have been there that day. I wish I'd have been there because I would have made the difference. My reply is this. If you thought that then, that means it could happen now. Why? Why would you say that, Bishop? Because the Lord Jesus is in our city. And what are we doing to bring about change? That's why the young people this Wednesday night is so important. What are you doing to bring about change? What are we doing? Now let me put a caboose on this message. Jesus doesn't need branches of palms waved before him. And I know some churches are doing that and more power to them. But if you think there's power in those branches, you've made a big mistake. You can wave them and the devil doesn't care you're waving a palm branch. Get this devil. 
The devil doesn't care you're waving a palm branch. Denise, he doesn't. But I'm going to show you what makes a difference. As Jesus doesn't care about those things being waved. Why? Because Jesus Christ <clears throat> offered his palms, his hands in service. So we should also lift up our own hands, our own palms in gratitude and demonstrate his mighty kingdom, his eternal kingdom. We lift our hands in servitude, in servanthood. He lifted his hand to give us an eternal fix. We lift our hands to demonstrate what he demonstrated on the cross. Does that make sense? We are the hands of Christ extended. He used to sing a song, reaching out to the oppressed. Let me touch him. Let me touch Jesus. Do you understand the power of that? See, I perceive him to be not just all, but I perceive Jesus to be all in all and for all. Big difference. He's not just something. He's all things. He's everything. He is my joy. He's my happiness. He's my peace. Valerie, are you catching this? That's why when I get up in the morning, I want to say thank you, Jesus. Why? Because. Just because. Why? Because. Don't make sense, because. Just because you are everything. I mentioned the coming of the Lord and how everything seemed to remain the same, but something happened. The day he came in or the day before might have been the same as any other day. But the day he entered, you make no mistake about it. The devil's perception was very clear and understood. This was different. Demons understood it. They knew something different was happening. And angels were in, in attendance because their king was there on that donkey. Not only the angels, guess who else was watching? The Father, our Father which art in heaven. He observed his son as he fulfilled the prophecy. Oh, God. I got so much more to say, but let me try to move it down a little bit. You today, say me. I'll try to. On my Easter Sunday, preach a little, some of this and add some more, what I consider is some good stuff for all of us. So I've heard all this before. Yeah, well, you need to hear it again. Today, you can make personal history. Today. Personal history. Today. By lifting your flesh palms instead of branches towards Jesus and say, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. 
And I want you to watch the darkness, the pain, the doubt, the despair, the despondency. I want you to watch it flee you as you say, and I have had to do this, Lord Jesus, I need you. But mark this down before anything magnificent or miraculous is going to happen for you or for me. We've got to answer this question. Who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus? Is he just riding into a town to be a political leader? Or is he, in fact, the king of glory? Is he the king over my life? Is he the king over my family, Courtney? Is he the king? Let's just get it personal. Is he king over cancer? Is he king over lupus? Is he king over diabetes? Is he king over COVID? He's king. And can't just when we think, you know, he's forgotten us, he hasn't. Remember the song, he may not come when you want him, but he'll come on time. Yeah. You can't hurry, God. No, no, you just have to wait. Just give him time. No matter how long it takes, he's a God. You cannot hurry. He's a God, so don't you worry. He may not come when you want him, but he'll come on time. That's just fact. So who do you say he is? This morning early, the Lord spoke to me in the verses when he said, who do men say that I am? Because perception. Watch this. Perception will dictate your direction. Perception will dictate your direction. So be careful what you perceive. I'm going to open the altar for prayer because there's so many people that needs prayer. We need to be in corporate prayer. We need to ask God to touch and help and bless and strengthen There's people that have been addicted to things that they want to break that addiction. There's been people that it's even questioned, is God real? Uh-oh. Is God real? I'm going to ask a question, are you real? God is more real than you are. Well, how's that, Bishop? He created you. Well, I can't see it. Let me ask you women. How many women in here have had a baby? How many want to have another one? Oh, I saw that hand back there. For somewhere in the gestation period of about nine months, that baby's in hiding. 
That baby's in hiding. You don't, it's not walking in and out and you showing itself. It's in hiding. What is it doing? It's growing. It's being nurtured. But when it comes forth, we call it a miracle. But it took nine months to get it there. The Lord is speaking to somebody here today because you can't see it. God's saying, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. You thought I let you down. I didn't. But Pastor Kenny said a while ago, it's so true. The tide has turned. The wind has shifted. The Lord has given me some personal personal words as he has to my wife about some things we've been working on. And I want to tell you, it may not look like it sometimes, but then all of a sudden you see little windows and openings for what God has done. And you say, now I see it. I see what God's doing. But I never questioned God. Someone very close to me one time was dying, and they were young. And I never forget standing at the hospital window looking out at Peachtree Road, Peachtree Street. And people are, you know how people are, well, why did, why is this, and why did this happen? And I said, stop. Here I was a young man. I guess I was 25, 26 years old. I said, nobody asked me why God allowed this because God didn't allow it, but God's going to get involved. So this is a word for somebody here. And already you know who you are as I talk. You think God has let you down. He didn't. There's a process that he's working through. How many people have ever damaged their body and you go to the doctor and he gives you something you think it should be healed overnight? It don't work that way. Doctor said to me, son, you you know how long it took you to hurt that? He said, you know how long it took you to to screw up your arm, your shoulders? He said, now you're expecting to be healed in two weeks. He said, it don't happen that way. There's a process. Always a process. Now, time can be different for God. He could do it instantaneously, and that's the process. But I don't never question the process because it's what brings the results.